When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Conjure up here. Left footed. Oh, wow! Wowee, Harry Wilson! Free kicks don't come much better than that! And the Vitality Stadium is lit up in the dying moments of the first half. What a strike from the Ronies! Hi and welcome to episode 56 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast on this Monday morning. You're usually listening on your commute, so if this is a bank holiday, maybe you're listening to me in bed. A bit weird. Uh, Later on in the show, Jeff's going to be here once again, and we've got Michael Dunnin now. You'll probably recognise his voice from the All Departments podcast. Plus, he helped out with the last version of Back of the Net, but they're going to be chatting all things Manchester City. Unfortunately, we went down 3-1 yesterday, but it was a half-decent performance against the title contenders. They're surely going to be up there, aren't they? And plus, we're going to be previewing the forthcoming games also against Forest Green Rovers and, of course, Leicester City next weekend. But before all that, it's time for this. So in this week's Do You Remember, we're going back three years and a little bit when we first entertained Manchester City at Dean Court. And once again, it was one of those toothless games and this was our closest chance. Cleared away by Caballero. Not a great clearance though. Bournemouth have plenty forward as Gradle. Can't go anywhere. Second ball into the box will... Slide all the way out for a goal kick. Graben was lurking. But a half-hearted threat, really, from the home side. Now, we all know that Manchester City won. However, there are a few questions for this week's Do You Remember? So the first one is, what was the final scoreline? The second question is, who was the manager of Manchester City at the time? And the third one's a bit of a Brucey bonus, but... Can you name the goal scorers? Quite a tricky one, maybe. So we're looking for the manager, we're looking for the scoreline, and also we're looking for the four Manchester City goal scorers. The answer will come at the end of the show. Good luck with that. Now, once again, I did a live match report from the stadium. I had my dictaphone ready, capturing all of the raw emotion and audio from the Vitality Stadium as Bournemouth went down 3-1 and Sorry, but I do get a little bit excited about the Harry Wilson goal. Do you remember? Do you remember? Free kick for us from the left. 
Fraser and Daniel standing over it. Daniel's raised the ball above his head a few times. Good delivery now. 30 minutes gone. This would be sweet. Go on. Oh, Billy. Oh, is that Billy? Oh, come on. Turn it in, Ake. He's having a go. Oh, over the ball. And over the ground. There you go. Hello, this is uh, Dave Watkins, based in Froome, Somerset. Uh, originally a long-time supporter from the very early 80s until about 10 years ago when we moved to Froome. And, you know, can't get a ticket now, can't afford it, can't get down there if I wanted to afford it, but never mind. I thought I wasn't really qualified to uh, contribute, but Sam has convinced me that I am. So here I go, because I guess exiles, we can be loved as well. So I watched the uh, game on the telly today. Sorry I couldn't be down at Dean Court. Um, I thought it wasn't actually too bad. I wasn't sure on the setup. 
I did think at some point maybe Ake could have been pushed forward just in front of the back four, so maybe a 4-5-1 rather than a 5-4-1. I think Silva was brilliant in getting in those little pockets there. Um, the goals we conceded, a bit sloppy, but City do that to a lot of teams. You saw the West Ham goals the other week and they, they made West Ham look stupid as well. So it's it's partly their skill, isn't it? The Harry Wilson free kick, absolute worldy, of course. And um, hopefully we'll, we'll see a lot more of him on the uh, on the pitch doing those kind of uh, skills. But up until the third goal, we had them push back. If you look, we had more shots on target uh, than they did. But here's the difference. They don't need so many shots. They can still win a game. Callum Wilson goes through. I think City would have scored that goal when that brought it back to 2-2, I think. And uh, within a few minutes, it's 3-1. And that's where we've got to learn against these very top teams. You get the chances, you've got to put them in. But I thought overall, I thought we did OK. Um, hopefully, Charlie, I don't know. It, it did look bad, but let's hope for the best. I think we worked OK. I thought Mepham was really good at the back, very assured. don't think Ramsdale could have done anything with the goals. And um, I think onwards and upwards now. I think um, I'd like to see Solanke uh, given a bit more game time, I think. Josh was again very quiet and he just did a couple of little spurts. I think Fraser was poor to start with, but looked a lot better when he went to left back and left wing back. So my time's nearly up on here. You can't really say everything in two minutes. Sam, I hope this is okay. And if it's okay, I'll do some more for future games. But more optimistic than not on this one and fair play to City. Hi, it's Claire Carlin here, North Stand season ticket holder, just after returning from the Man City Bournemouth game this afternoon. It was one of them games, wasn't it? I think we all deep down knew that it was going to be a big, tough ask to get anything out of today's game. But it was really good to see us in parts match Man City. In the end, they were obviously more clinical in front of goal. But I think we, we had a number of chances that we think we could have taken. But apart from Man City and Liverpool, I think playing like that against any of the other Premier League teams, I think we really would have matched them. Something we could only have dreamed of a few years ago, so we must hold our heads high after today's game. And what a great achievement to score such a goal. When Harry Wilson came on, he just changed the game. He's such a creative player, he's so gifted, he really is going to be a big player for us this season. I was really disappointed to see him not start and, and to not try, perhaps not to be quite so defensive as we tried on previous games against Man City that obviously didn't work. It's obviously really sad that Charlie Daniels went off and we all hope that he's okay. It was really good to see Harry Wilson came on and say he's going to be a big player for us and he does and he really did lift our players. Even this early on, I think, again, a contender for goal of the season. No one was going to stop that. It's going to be interesting to see us if we continue to play like that against other teams. I think we're going to get some fine results this season and even maybe some surprising results. We really are do seem to be getting a better sense of confidence and really progressing as a team. Next, obviously, Forest Green is going to give our friends players an opportunity to come in and hopefully we'll give Eddie Howe a selection challenge. I hope we don't just play a weakened team. Forest Green fans on um, social media are really excited about playing us and I think we owe it to them to, to give them some game and to for our fans to actually try and give a cup challenge for once that would be really really good to see it might give Eddie hopefully a, some competition come places for the future games in the league then looking up to Leicester next Saturday really looking forward to getting up to Leicester next Saturday obviously last season's Leicester's game had a, a lot riding on it after the incidents with Leicester 
off the pitch that obviously meant it was a very difficult game to play. And I think hopefully going in next Saturday, if we play like we did today, I think we give them a real test, a real challenge and a real battle. So uh, obviously a safe journey to all of us going up to Leicester next weekend. And I think we really do need to go with our heads held high and really look forward to a good challenge up there. So up the cherries in all departments. Okay, so it's great to hear some new voices on the fans' thoughts there. And despite the loss, most people are sounding fairly positive about that performance. Some obvious frustrations. Um, however, I don't think it was as bad as last season. So that's an improvement. I mean, we didn't even register a single shot on target then. So it's got to be a step in the right direction. We'll have more fan thoughts later in the show, of course. However, for the meantime, with me to discuss events of the Vitality is Season Cherry and the voice of all departments, Michael Dunn. Michael, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you, Jeff. Probably as good as you can be after a 3-1 defeat. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It didn't feel like a, a, a stuffing, did it, by any stretch of the imagination? No, we were competitive. It was a spirited performance. Um... I thought we certainly gave it our all. They were in a game. They didn't just walk all over us, which they have done previous in previous seasons. And we actually made the play as well, unlike last season when we had a narrow defeat, but we were roundly criticised for, for not having any shots or corners or anything like that. This time we were we were certainly trying to trying to get something out of the game. And, well, we could have done overall. They were the better team, but our performance was encouraging, I thought. And what did you think when you saw the lineup? He obviously went with a back five. Were you broadly in agreement with that? Um, yeah, a little bit surprised that Harry Wilson lost his place in the team because he played quite well last week. He scored, and he was, you know, generally a positive influence when he came on today as well. Very positive, in fact. Um, but I thought that it was probably the right decision to begin with playing the five at the back. Um, Meppen was back in the team, which, I mean, I would have felt quite aggrieved if I was in his position last week. He played okay against Sheffield United and he did score in that game as well. Um, He set up in a way that was designed to stop City from playing through us, but also to allow us to offensive as well um, perhaps it didn't work quite as he'd planned obviously there was a change in formation later on in the first half which led to the, our goal which we'll come on to um, but I think Eddie seems to be tinkering a little bit with this formation he played similar against Sheffield United didn't quite work there. it worked better today but ultimately it worked uh, it worked better when we had a change of personnel after after the injury, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Agreed. I mean, it definitely worked better than it against Sheffield United. All I want to say on the five at the back is, can you tell me, he does it quite a lot against top six sides, but can you tell me where it's actually worked against the top six side? <laughs> no, I'd, I'd be probably be... Um be be failing any test of remembering what formation we played against against those sides. <laughs> we played once against um Chelsea away 
at Stamford Bridge, uh, and it wasn't one of our famous wins. It was when they were in their their pomp under Conte. It was on Boxing mm-hmm. Day, and he played he played three at the back. And Charlie Downs was, was one of those three that he played in central defence. Um, it worked quite well, but I think we still ended up losing three 0 And considering our other results against Chelsea. It, it isn't the greatest example. That's about the only time I can remember us doing it and, and it looking like it might have some impact. But we, we but we met Chelsea when they were in the middle of something like a 15-game uh, winning run and we were just, just one, of the, one of their victims. But no, it he obviously likes it. He obviously likes the idea of it, but it hasn't proved too successful, has it? I think it's one for our listeners. If anybody out there can tell us when five at the back has actually worked for us, I'd like to know. But moving on, I mean, the game started uh, early on. I felt there was a little bit of controversy with Walker. Went into a rash challenge on Ake. uh, Didn't get booked. uh, And then the same again. Uh, slightly later. In fact, no, first off, sorry, it was, uh, was it Ake or was it Josh King down the left side? I thought they were side? both on Ake. Were they both on Ake? I thought they, they were, were yeah. They? Yeah. I mean, and he, he, he didn't get booked for that first one, <laughs> which I, I felt was a mistake. I'm not sure how you saw it in the actual stadium itself. Well, I saw it in as much as you look at, they're not supposed to do this nowadays. It certainly used to happen in the past and I guess it does happen still. And this kind of set a bit of a, Bit, a bit of a theme for Andre Mariner today. He he didn't book him for the first one. I don't know why. It was a bookable offence. He booked him for the second one, which was also a bookable offence. So Walker could have been off within 10 minutes. I'm not one who tends to sort of look at the referee and blame them for our defeats and things like that. But if he's applying the letter of the law, then Walker should have been booked for both those challenges and he should have gone. I don't believe it was Andre Mariner's uh, strongest game because throughout the match he kept making little mistakes. There was one incident in later in the second half where, where Harry Wilson got clobbered by Sterling uh, minutes off the board, gone, and he claimed it was advantage and played on, which seemed a ridiculous decision. He made some funny decisions. I'd say the majority of those went against us and in City's favour which, of course, then the crowd are singing those songs about all we want is a decent referee and all this kind of thing. Um, (laughs) And then referees get accused of big club-itis. But he was just... He was waving play on at times when it looked like it should have been free kick. Early on in the first half, Adam Smith got fouled over near the dugout and and he waved on for advantage and then we immediately lost the ball and he really should have called that back. And, yeah, like you say, he just kept making mistake after mistake and it wasn't very a very competent performance i mean he's 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 refereed some big games he was the the linesman in the world cup final a few years ago and and i know they're under pressure and i know it's like easy to say i've refereed like kids games and stuff and it's you know it's really is difficult to see what's going on but with the var as well i mean that's another thing (laughs) and that's done city a few times and and, their fans absolutely hate that that they were singing a song about var which contained two words one was var the other one (laughs) i can't say uh which they sang quite a few times um and and it, it just the whole thing is is just a bit odd at the moment the way that the referees are still making the human error mistakes and sometimes they have bad games like Mariner did today and the VAR isn't really tidying it up. 
Well, I have to say the VAR incident in the second half, which did actually get checked when Lerma uh, trod on Sterling. Oh, no, sorry, trod on Silver. Um, that looked to me on VAR, clear penalty. I could not believe that we got away with that, to be honest. But then earlier, um, Wilson was through. Laporte clearly grabs him, and that doesn't go to VAR and you think what are the rules I, I don't get it and it's really confusing I'd imagine for all the fans in the stadium yeah well I could I didn't see the uh, the Lerma one too well that was quite a way away from me but from what you're saying he was lucky to stay on the pitch um, Wilson was kind of directly in front of where I was sitting you could see that he was pulled back um, I still think he should have scored actually but that was a penalty if you're going to apply the VAR and they're going to look at it you think well that's got to be a penalty but but, but no, last night, um, you know, Emery was complaining about the penalty David Luiz gave away when he got a great big handful of the Liverpool players' shirt. Um, and I was quite surprised by that. And then today, similar incident. It wasn't quite as blatant with Wilson. But still, that is... Because that did just slightly put him off his stride. And I think he maybe he would have got a shot away better, perhaps with his right foot, if he hadn't been... Been, been lightly tugged but it, I don't know it just seems to be that VAR is not just the frustrations about the fact that things happen in the game like you know your team scores a goal and you don't really know whether to celebrate or not but also it's, it's proving to be almost as inconsistent as the refereeing itself so it's it's it, what exactly is it doing what it, is it a force for good I, I'm, I'm not sure it is at the moment Quite still a long way to go, in my view. Um, however, Walker stays on the pitch. Uh, early stages, it seemed uh, quite sort of city domination. We were quite comfortable letting them have the ball. Didn't seem to be any real danger. And then, of course, bang, we're one nil down. Yeah, we were. We started well. Uh, Josh King had a had an effort that he, he really should have you know, made more of. Um, and we were in the game and it was probably pretty even until they scored. And it's just with a team like that, and we've seen it time and again with them and with some of the other teams in the top six when they've been on their day, you just can't afford to give them anything because they're deadly. And they were a little bit lucky with the first goal, the way that it came in. I can't remember who crossed it in, but De Bruyne had a little shot, but he didn't, get his foot around it properly and it just fell into Aguero's path and then Aguero just had a, a tiny like postage stamp window at the bottom of the goal where he could have put it and he put it exactly there and Ramsdale tried to get across but he couldn't get there but it's just our finishing was possibly the difference between the two sides theirs and ours They're, they were deadly when they had chances to score and obviously they put three of those away and none of them were spectacular goals but they didn't like make a mess of them. Whereas we had a few other chances that we'll come on to, and we scored a spectacular goal as well. But um, and, and 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 we didn't put them away, and that that was probably the difference between the two teams today. I'd agree. I felt we were unfortunate with that first goal. Um, everything has to go in your favour against a team like City. They get the run of the ball. It was a miss hit that fell to Aguero, and you're right. He put it the only place he could put it to, to score um, and we're one nil down and I do um, I do agree also about Josh you know Josh King that that first minute where 
we were pressing them pretty well. We were putting them out of their stride and definitely doing well getting the second balls as well. The ball comes to Josh. He, 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 the, 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 the shot sort of opens up in front of him and he hit it, almost passed it straight to Edison, which I felt was really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, he has had, along with Fraser and Wilson, quite a slow start to the season. He scored the penalty last week, so fair enough. Um, he worked really hard today. Worked his socks off, I thought, more than he normally does. But it hasn't really been happening up front with Wilson and King and, and Fraser. I don't think Eddie is going to rush into any dramatic changes. I think he'll stick with them. But the chances that they're getting, which are few and far between, they're not burying them. And um, it's going to probably not be too long before the fans get more and more frustrated. I hope that doesn't happen. I'd be really surprised if Eddie drops any of them um, in the next few games. Although I did think prior to this game, if we'd lost to Aston Villa, Solanke might have started today in, 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 in King's place. Because against City, you kind of feel like you've got nothing to lose. Because if you, obviously if you do lose, then you know people don't frown upon it too much, which we're not really doing that tonight. Um, are following a decent performance. But he stuck with him um, and he worked his socks off, but he's, <laughs> he's not he's not looking anything like the deadly striker we saw a few years ago. He scored quite a few goals last season. And, and Wilson, similarly, is just it's just not happening at the moment. No, just off his game a little bit. In fact, there are two best chances in the first half. Uh, both fell to defenders. Ake had uh, a chance for a long throw in uh, that he sort of scuffed. And then... Um, Adam Smith, I mean, that was just a few yards out and the ball hits Edison in the face, flies over the crossbar where hits it anywhere else, that that's a goal. Yeah, I mean that is that was really lucky by Edison and by City. I mean, despite what I said about the the clinical finishing being the difference between the two teams, and you mentioned about everything has to go your way. So with Aguero's goal, De Bruyne's shot, scuffs it, falls to Aguero's feet and he finishes really well. And then Smith has that chance. You would expect him just to absolutely bury it. Edison probably had no idea about the save, but it hit, just hits him in the face and goes over the bar. It still could have got, gone in if it had hit him in the face, but you know, luck was against us there. Goes over the bar, and so instead of being being one all, we're still we're 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 still a goal down. And yeah, it's a combination of of of, of luck and just making the absolute most of every opportunity and just didn't quite happen for us today. And what terrible luck too for Charlie. Oh. I mean, he goes to cross the ball. I thought he had to actually cross that first time. Just something happens to his, his knee. Uh, I thought it was a, a deadly anterior cruciate ligament injury oh, strikes God. again. Um, but from the reports I've read, it seems like it might be a dislocation in the knee or something. I don't know, but, uh, Poor Charlie. Felt really sorry for him. Yeah, I'm really gutted about that. I absolutely love him. I love the way that, you know, time and again, we've signed players, Brad Smith, Diego Rico. He's seen them all off. He's, you know, hung on to his place in the team. And sometimes he gets a bit done for pace and by some of the better and faster Premier League players. But he puts in a solid performance and a solid season every single year. And then, of course, he went off. He had a tough year last year. His, his dad passed away. And then he went off with his injury to his um 
to his his kneecap, dislocated kneecap, in in one of his knees. I read today that it was the other kneecap that was dislocated. Although I'm sure that will become clear yeah. in the next few days what actually happened. But yeah, and you know you don't see players go off on stretchers very often. It normally the stretcher will come on, the player gets up and either walks off the pitch and comes back on, or just walks off the pitch and 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 they're substituted. So he was down for well, it was six minutes injury time. I think probably at least five of those were Charlie Daniels. And then he was he, he was carried yeah, off and applauded by all four sides of the ground. But yeah, it's uh, it's just awful. I mean, we've had so many serious injuries, and he's another one. And it's almost like one, you know, Lewis Cook looks like he's about to come out of the treatment room. I was thinking maybe we might see him again after the international break. But another one's going in for another long term run. It's just it's just it's just horrible injuries as well. It's horrible. It's horrible. And uh, we wish you all the best, Charlie. Get well soon because we need you back at left back. Um, what did you think about the substitution? Did you think Harry Wilson coming on was the right move from Eddie? Well, with hindsight, it was definitely the right move, considering what happened a few minutes later. But at the time, I thought to myself and we were saying amongst us where I was sat that, you know, what does that say to Diego Rico? It says that you're on the bench and... You've never really had a decent run in the team. The guy who is keeping everybody away from that left-back shirt has gone off with what, you know, what we're probably going to discover is a very serious injury in the next few days. But we're not bringing you on. We're going to put Ryan Fraser over there and bring on our new winger, who's a good player. It, it, I mean, Rico must be thinking, what have I got to do? You know, I'm literally the only left-back left standing, and yet I'm still not getting on the pitch. And he hasn't played brilliant for us, and I'm, I wasn't disappointed really not to see him come on but from his point of view it's a real hammer blow I think I'd agree and it was interesting what he did to accommodate Harry Wilson he basically pushes Fraser to play left wing back which you know nullifies Ryan Fraser as an attacking threat Um, and Harry comes to play in a a sort of attacking role which is obviously his role but very soon does make a, a significant impact in the game yeah, <laughs> well, they scored the second goal before that, didn't they? Um, they did. Yeah. It was um, Sterling when the ball, I think, came in from the throw-in. We kind of switched off uh, a little bit, but David Silva, who always seems to play well against us, um, he, I, I looked time and again at the edge of our 18-yard box in the first half. He seemed to somehow be stood in a few yards of space. And this was one of those times. So the ball comes to him and he kind of sends the first time, deadly accurate, eye of a needle pass through to Sterling, who'd got away from Smith. Sterling finished. He always scores against us. I believe that's his 11th goal against us for Liverpool and Man City I read earlier. So should have really put some money on that today. I must remember to do that next time we play them. Um, and yeah. so we're 2-0 down. And then our, um, our new signing, who scored last week, slightly fortunate, although it was, I mean, I, quite like Tyrone Mings but it was kind of funny that it went in off his back um, and then he, he brings him on uh, we get a free kick and um, I was trying to think the last time I saw us score a free kick that good and we've had a few junior Sanchez has scored one or two in, in kind of recent seasons but that one just went in precisely the right place I think it touched the underside of the bar and possibly a little bit of the post as it went in Edison just could not get there. It was it was a real beauty, wasn't it? Absolute stunner. And you're right, he hit it in the the, the best place. I mean, if you could have put that ball 
stood on the goal line and put it somewhere, you'd have put it right in that top corner. It's fantastic. And what a, and what a talent he looks to be as well. Um, he faded a bit at Villa. He ran out of steam and I think he got a bit of cramp. Um, and then he didn't play the whole game today either, which may have been one of the reasons Eddie didn't start him because he thinks, well, you're not quite ready for the full the full 90 minutes, but you can make a big impact if we bring you on, which obviously he did in slightly unfortunate circumstances. Well, very unfortunate. Um, but anyway, um, he's played two games. He scored two goals. Today's no queries about deflections or anything like that. And he looks a good player as well as, you know, when he's taking free kicks, obviously. And this could be a, you know, a massive boost to our season if we can get him up and running and, you know, think of the players that we've got on the pitch at the moment, the players coming back. And, you know, he's a real um, impact player, isn't he? Whether he's coming off the bench or or starting. And, and there's no better way to endear yourselves to a new set of fans by scoring in your first two games. I love him already. Uh, I don't I don't care what he does from now on. I mean, just that goal today, what a superstar. And uh, yeah, he, he's, already, he's already top of my list for player of the season. He's only played two games. <laughs> so we get to half time, 2-1 down and the second half begins. And we started again really brightly. Um, we talked about uh, the Callum Wilson VAR incident where he actually forced a really good save from Edison by by just keeping going. And we were at City, we were harassing them, we were playing playing on the front foot and you know there were there were moments when I thought we're gonna get back in this. We're gonna pull this back to a two two. Yeah I did. There was a period in the first ten minutes of the second half when we seemed to be swarming forward quite a bit and we won a corner and the entire home support just erupted at the award of a corner like because we'd had a few positive four forays into their box in the you know the minute preceding that and I just thought this is it we're actually going to get the equaliser now because it's like one of those where the crowd are almost you know making the difference on the pitch although City have made a sterner stuff in this because what actually happened was this kind of just below celebrating a goal celebration that, that everyone did when we just won a corner um then they, we put the corner in and they just dealt with it in like cool fashion. And after that, we never really reached that tempo again. And the crowd were very good today, I thought. Um, and it was, you know, a real a real benefit to the to the players. And Eddie did kind of put out a little bit of a little bit of a call for the for the crowd to really get behind the team before the game. Um, but yeah, that was that that was as good as it got. Um, we played well in general for most of the rest of the second half. But I think we gradually began to run out of steam after that. And then, of course, that's you know they got the third goal. And I think that even if we'd got it back to 2-2, there was part of me that feared that they had other gears to go into. We'll never know now, but I wouldn't have been surprised. Because, I mean, you watch them play against us and you think, are they giving all they've got? Is this how they would play against Liverpool or against Tottenham? And I think the answer probably is no. Although, you know, you can catch them on an off day. And we kind of had them on the ropes for a little while. But again, they don't miss the chances that count. And again, Aguero scored. It wasn't as difficult a finish as the first one. Um, I think Ake threw in a good a good challenge on, I'm not sure who it was, maybe De Bruyne. But it just it, it came to, 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 to Aguero. We had about three of our 
players in very close proximity, but still managed to bury it from inside the six-yard box. So, unfortunately, I think when it went to 3-1, everybody knew, including the players, that there's probably no way back from this. Yeah, they shut up shop, didn't they? And uh, we, we had no way of getting back into it. But you mentioned uh, nearly getting blocks in. I think that was fairly typical of all three goals, really. We were close to stopping them getting that final shot off, just just a, a foot away or a defensive lapse, and we just switched off momentarily. But that's all it takes against a side like City. They, they don't need a second invitation. And, you know, three goals, 3-1... Yeah, I, I felt decent performance. The boys put a real shift in. You're right, it was super hot out there. And they were obviously exhausted from that, that first sort of 50 minutes of effort. Um, but 3-1, it didn't feel like a terrible defeat. No, I was glad they didn't get any more goals. Because if it had been 4-1, it looks like a real thrashing. 3-1, obviously you prefer it wasn't 3-1. But it kind of reflected the the game to anybody just looking at the the score in the newspaper or whatever they would think well they didn't thrash them but obviously City won which you would expect probably a one goal win would have been a fair result it doesn't make a massive difference they get the points and it's I don't think it's going to have too much of an impact on a goal difference at the end of the season but um yeah it was a it was a, a pretty fair outcome overall and we did ourselves pretty proud um I think when he he brought on Solanke and Ibe in the second half. Um, Ibe, <laughs> I was surprised to see at times, was our last line of defence, which is an unusual role for him. He did OK. He dealt with that quite well. Um, he made a couple of bursts forward. He maybe hung with the ball too long once or twice, as usual, which you would expect. Solanke, I quite like, um, and I hope he plays on Wednesday night. Um, it's a shame he doesn't get in the team for a start, but at the moment I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but whenever he comes on, he came on against Villa last week. He held the ball up well. He lays it off quite well, and he's got definitely got a little bit of skill. Again today, did similar, um, and he did have a shot towards the end of the game. He was played in, I think, by Josh King, but it was quite a hard pass to collect in. So like his first touch was good, but he had to really stretch for it. And then he didn't really have his body in the right position to take the shot, and it just went straight at Edison. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to grow into his role this season and maybe get a few starts. Although I was wondering, post-match, that if he doesn't play King or Wilson on Wednesday night and he plays Solanke, what other strikers do we have that could come in and play alongside Solanke if he doesn't play one up front? It's a, cause it's Sturridge, Surridge sorry, has gone... To Swansea, hasn't he? I don't think there's anybody else I can think of. No, you're right. We do seem to be a bit uh, short on quality players for that that supporting striker role if he's going to play 4-4-2. Um, but uh, again, I think you're right. Solanke looks like he's getting better. Maybe he'll play Ibe or Harry Wilson off him mm. in, the, in the game on Tuesday. But let, let's come on and talk about that in a minute. I think just overall... Thumbs up. Good effort, lads. The crowd were terrific. I thought the players were up for it. And generally, we lost 3-1, but feeling pretty positive about uh, future games we've got coming up because there certainly seems to be the right attitude in the team. Yeah, it was a good day, bar the result. Um, we we don't look cowed by them anymore. 
where we have done in the past, especially away from home. You know, we can see that the whole kind of thing about, oh, we're playing in the Premier League, we're playing against the big boys, that's kind of gone now. And, you know, we want to compete in every game. And especially at this time of the season, you've really got nothing to fear because you lose and you've got 35 more games to, to sort it out. Um, and it was good to see. It was good to see us go toe-to-toe with them and, and not come out, you know, too badly bruised, as it were. Um, yeah, going forward, the next few games, yeah, I mean, if we can play like that, we'll we'll get, you know, a decent points return on those games. The only thing is that, you know, we tend to, like a lot of teams, I think, who knock around in mid-table, we tend to be very good one week and, you know, not very good the following week. <laughs> uh, if we can, if we can find that level of performance, motivation, and energy in the games that are coming up at Leicester and, and against Everton and Southampton, then you know you'd think well we'd be in a you know a pretty decent position by the end of end of September. But it, it it remains to be seen whether that happens or not. Obviously, we all hope it does. But I think sometimes that teams like us can raise our game against the likes of City and maybe struggle to do so in other games against teams that, you know, they're all decent teams, those teams I mentioned, but they're not the, you know, the, the superstar leading lights in the Premier League. And you just wonder if we can, if we can find that level of performance over and over again. Well, I think that's one of the big things from last season, the inconsistency that uh, Eddie's got to address. So fingers crossed, he seems to certainly have a, a solid midfield pairing there in Jeff Lerma and Philip Billing, who I thought were excellent, certainly in that first half today. They were really up for it and and in the faces of the City players. And one of my conclusions from the game was, didn't we make Kevin De Bruyne look a bit average today? Yeah, he wasn't at his best today. I think David Silver overshadowed him. Uh, and they've always got somebody. That's the thing about a team like City. If one player, one of their star players, doesn't do the business, then they've always got somebody else who will be playing well that day. And that and that can kind of kill t- kill teams off. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned yeah, Billing. So City remain the only top six side that we have yet to beat. So watch out, City. We're coming for you at the Etihad. <laughs> absolutely it'd be nice to nice to at least get a point against them um we deserve that at the very least but we'll wait and see what happens i don't know when that game is but it's always a tough place to go it is it is okay thanks michael we'll be back to you shortly with a discussion about all things forest green and leicester city but let's just pick up on some more opinion from today's match we've got some more fans thoughts coming up now Hi, it's Ashley here from uh, the main stand. Uh, I wasn't sure how to feel today when I saw the team. Uh, I was looking forward to the game. I saw the side and then thought, oh, I didn't really fancy watching a repeat of last year where we didn't really try and play any football. Uh, I have to say, however, it was very uh, different today despite a similar setup. I think the difference was the duo of uh, Billing and Lerma, uh, who were excellent again, meant that we were far more effective at turning the ball over and we generally showed some intent when we did. In summary, though, uh, it feels a little bit like we could have got a point from a far better team. Um, missing a couple of guilt edge chances didn't help, and although I haven't seen them again yet, two of their three goals looked a little soft. Um, I might feel a bit differently when I, once I see a replay, but at the time they just felt like soft goals. We did struggle with their movement around the box, uh, which I guess was always going to be the case. 
absolutely gutted for Charlie Daniels. Um, I thought it was telling that Eddie chose to replace him with Wilson and not Rico, who was on the bench, but I'm glad that he did. And wow, what a goal that was. That's going to live long in the memory, an absolutely brilliant moment. Overall, um, I'm really happy, actually, despite the fact that we lost the game. I think we look a, a much better side than we did last season, although time will tell. Uh, King looks a bit off to me. Uh, he worked hard through the game, but I thought he overplayed at times and, and lost possession when he, he didn't need to. And I thought the decision to take off Callum Wilson instead of him was odd. Um, all in all, though, bring on Leicester. Really looking forward to it. Thanks. Bye. I think for the first 15 minutes, the way Man City beat us was just... I'm not going to use the word that begins with S and housery, yeah, yeah. but that's how they, they beat us. And that's yeah. how they're going to beat other teams this season. After 15 minutes and they scored, they controlled the game to a certain extent. But I thought for heart and for passion, I couldn't fault them today. I mean, when we played Sheffield United the other week, it was hugely, hugely disappointing as a match, as far as I'm concerned. Nothing against Sheffield United, but we, you know, we didn't put our guts into that one. We did today, and I can't fault the players on that one. I thought Billing and Lerma, magnificent in midfield. I thought Ake at the back, fabulous as always. You know, it's, it's the same old story, really, isn't it, with those three? So thank you very much for all the fans' thoughts were that were submitted. Really appreciate that. And Claire Carlin, on the way back from the game, I don't know if you were going back in your helicopter, but wow, the noise. Love it. Love the raw audio. But, you know, even if you're on the toilet, people send in your thoughts. You can do it via WhatsApp or just by emailing it to fans at afcbpodcast.com. Check our Twitter bio because it's got all the links on there. Now, the last person you heard is Tim Spencer. I spoke to him after the game outside the stadium and he is raising money today whenever you're listening to this maybe on a monday at 11 o'clock this morning or a monday morning he was pulling a boeing plane he's raising money for the dorset children's foundation it's a charity that was set up in 2013 to support local sick and disabled children by funding medical expenses mobility equipment and therapies that aren't covered by the nhs they basically provide what's needed for a better quality of life according to government national statistics there are over 2500 disabled children across dorset and dorset children's foundation they have three successful charity shops and the sales cover all their modest overheads so 100% of your money gets to go to help a local sick or disabled child. The promise that your donation will never be used to cover the day-to-day operational costs of the charity also still applies. So yeah, Tim, in his own words, he's got a bad back, a dodgy kidney and an aversion to exercise. So obviously fundraising is the natural thing to do. And pulling an aeroplane, well, basically a team of 20 like-minded individuals they're going to be pulling a Boeing 737 weighs 35,000 kilograms a distance of 50 meters it's at Hearn Airport at European Skybus so if you're listening to this in the morning feel free to pop down but if not check out his Virgin Money giving page uh, it, I tell you what if you go to afcbpodcast.com slash Tim that will take you straight there. Alternatively, you can click his YouTube video, check out the YouTube channel, see the one with uh, Tim Spencer. It's got a big red donate mark on the thumbnail there. And then we've put the link in the bio there. Good luck, Tim, and all the best. And I certainly hope to uh, 
See you at the next game. Preferably you won't be injured. This is Steve Jones and you're listening to Back of the Net. So there were two matches to turn our attention to this week. And the first of those is Wednesday night. Uh, We've got a home tie. It's the Carabao Cup where we are pitched against Forest Green Rovers. Michael, tell me any fascinating facts you've got about Forest Green Rovers. (laughs) Well, I know we haven't played them before. This will be our first meeting. Um, A quick consultation with Wikipedia tells me that they play in Nailsworth in Gloucestershire um, and I thought they were a new team uh, kind of possibly had been formed in the last 25-30 years but they've been around since 1889 but the majority of that time hasn't been in the football league I used to hate this actually when we were the we were the minnows in this type of game and, and, and other uh, news and media outlets didn't know anything about us um, but yeah um, they're a small team but they're doing really well they are third in League Two, and in the last round, they knocked out Charlton after drawing 0 0. They won on penalties, so yeah, I don't think it'll be easy. And these games have a habit of being more difficult than you would think when you look at the fixture. Um, but hopefully, we'll uh, we'll be able to 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 use our, our quality to get through to the next round. So we've done all right in this competition in recent seasons. We have. I've got a, a dream that we win the Carabao Cup this year, so I hope we don't take it lightly. Um, my fascinating fact about Forest Green, without wishing to come over at all patronising, is that they are the first, probably the only vegan football club in existence in the in the league structure at the moment. Um, so um, I don't know what that says about uh, any special tactics that we might employ against them. What do you think, Michael? Well, <laughs> maybe we put a lot of the um, those dodgy hot dogs that that that, that they sell under, under the stand in their. Uh in their dressing room and see if that if, if, if that frightens them off but I'm sure they're um they're well used to those kind of jibes so <laughs> hopefully we'll have uh, uh, enough on the pitch and won't have to won't have to be reduced to such skullduggery let's hope let's hope we don't and um, what sort of side do you think Eddie's going to put out against them well he's not going to play the A team is he I mean you know history tells us recent history that the cups are for the fringe players to get a bit of game time and that's obviously for more than one reason the main one being the Premier League being the priority which is a little bit uh, annoying for the fans although we want to stay in the Premier League the fans always want to do well in the Cups Um, we should have enough to get past Forest Green Rovers but I think it's a bit risky no matter who the opposition is because these players who he's going to play on Wednesday probably haven't played in a competitive game together ever before. I don't know what kind of team Forest Green are going to play. I don't, I'm not proud to say, but I couldn't name any of their players. Um, but they may have a little bit more of a, a gel in their team play than we have. Uh, we might look a bit more disjointed. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll see some of the some of the players who have been a little bit conspicuous by their absence particularly Jack Stacey who hasn't hasn't really featured at all so far um, I don't know what he's going to do in goal although I would think he would play Boris because he's been sat on the bench for the Premier League games it would be a bit of a a bit of a kick really to say to him oh well I'm going to I'm going to put Travers or, or Begovic in tonight even though you've been my second choice all the way through so far um, and then 
I guess there's plenty of others that will be will be hoping to come in. Like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Solanke if he does play him. I think that Gavin Kilkenny, who was excellent in pre-season, and I've been surprised he hasn't even made the bench for any of the uh, any of the Premier League games so far, could could come in and maybe one or two others from the development squad that maybe featured somewhat in pre-season. Alex Dobre um, and well, Travers already. I don't think we've already, I've already already mentioned Boris, so maybe not. But um, yeah, so it won't be the team we saw today against City, although there'll probably be one or two that have to come in and play anyway. Steve Cook always seems to play in these games. I don't really know how he keeps going, but he um, he never seems. Oh, I don't want to say this. I shouldn't say this. Really, he never seems to have any serious injuries, and he always seems to always seems to play in all the games. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing. But um, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, it won't go wrong. We won't get knocked out on penalties and we'll manage to ease through to the next round. Let's hope so. Uh, do you think we'll see the other Cook, Lewis Cook, making a bit of a comeback? It's possible. He's back in full training. I think that we'll see him after the international break. I don't think Eddie will rush him back. But you never know. Occasionally he pulls something out of the hat. Uh, they normally have a, 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 They normally feature in a development squad game or some such thing before they come back in and play in a first-team appear uh, in a first team game so I don't think Lewis Cook's had one of those yet uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie kept him under wraps until after the international break but if he comes back that'd be great because it gives us more options and uh, it'd be nice to see the treatment room get a bit quieter because it's it's, it's, it's usually pretty busy That's our physios Steve Hard and all the rest of them have got their hands full at all times it's a full-time job, that's for sure, uh, especially after today with Charlie's injury as well. But, uh, yeah, like you, let's hope uh, we move beyond Forest Green Rovers um, with a bit of comfort rather than having to go to extra time and pens. Um, and then, of course, we meet Leicester City on Saturday, who are fresh from a 2-1 win away against Sheffield United. Um, what I thought about that, we will come back to in a minute. But this week, we caught up with young Foxes fan Josh Smith, who runs the YouTube channel called Sportsa. And we got his view of their season so far, as well as his hopes for the season in general. So first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast today. But I'm going to be talking about the Leicester City side of things. So it's been a very good start to our Premier League season. We picked up our first three points when we travelled to Bramall Lane on Saturday. And we picked up a 2-1 win against Sheffield United. And we also picked up points where we drew to both Wolves and Chelsea earlier on this Premier League season. So overall, it's been a very good start to the season under Brendan Rodgers. But the players who have impressed me the most, it has to be James Madison and Hamza Chowdhury. You don't probably know who James Madison is. He's that young English creator midfielder. He's got two assists so far this Premier League season and Hamza Chowdhury he's also young in English he does that dirty work in midfield he sits back covers the defence he's been very good so far this Premier League season and I'm looking forward to see how he can progress in this Leicester team going forward in the next couple of years hopefully under Brendan Rodgers but a player who hasn't impressed me in the most I'm going to have to say it's a Yosi Perez a new signing from Newcastle United he hasn't really fitted into the system so far but playing him out wide where I prefer him to be nearer to Vardy and Madison in that creative role maybe use players such as Harvey Barnes out wide to give that width and Perez seems to be getting into the way of the system. He doesn't really understand the system with the interchange of midfielders like Tielemans and Madison linking up in midfield. But hopefully, with a bit more experience under this system under Brendan Rodgers, he should be able to kick on in the next couple of games in the Premier League season. 
But Sheffield United was a very good win at Bramall Lane. It was a very tough game, obviously 2-1. We had to fight to the end to see it out. Sheffield United are a very good side. And like you guys drew to them 1-1 at the Vitality, you know that they're a good side. And it was a very good win away from home. Obviously, goals from Jamie Vardy. It was a typical Jamie Vardy goal. Madison threaded it through. He was in behind and he slotted it past Dean Henderson. And Harvey Barnes with a wonderful strike in the second half, right in front of the Leicester way on the half volley. I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's been one of the best goals of the Premier League season so far. I know it's only been three games but that was a brilliant strike from young Harvey Barnes. But moving on to Bournemouth against you guys, I think it's going to be a tough game at the King Power. Obviously, we beat you guys 2-0 last season towards the end of the Premier League season at the King Power Stadium. But it's going to be a tough game, but I'm expecting Leicester to come away with all three points. But by season expectations, with a start we've had, I think we can really push for that Europa League spot. I don't think we're going to break into the top six, even though we did get a draw against Chelsea and we probably should have beaten them. I think we'll be fighting, but I don't think we'll just have enough to break into that top six. But we'll get the seventh spot. But yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast today. So, Michael, Leicester City having a bit of a renaissance under Brendan Rodgers. Uh, what do you think looking ahead to this game? I th- hope that we can put in a better performance than we did when we went to the King Power last season. Because I remember watching that game and thinking that we looked like a bunch of guys who'd spent the entire previous night out on the town. We were very poor, insipid, lots of bad decision-making, passes going astray, and we were just sloppy all over the pitch. So I hope that we can put that right it's a difficult place to go. We don't usually get much there. Um, we've had a, a couple of draws there, I think, but I can't remember us winning there. I can remember Riyad Mahrez scoring really late two or three seasons ago with a, maybe it's a free kick. It might be just a, a, a shot from range to win the game for them. Um, it would be nice. To, <laughs> it would be nice to win there, obviously, but particularly in the light of us not really having done brilliantly there since we've been in the Premier League. They're a good team. It's easy to forget that it wasn't that long ago they won the Premier League. They've hung on to some of those players. Uh, Vardy, in particular, still putting them away, and he very much enjoyed it against Sheffield United. James Madison is obviously a threat, and you know he's been linked with a move to bigger clubs in the nearish future. And Rogers, Brendan Rogers, he was he's been mocked a bit uh, after his time at Liverpool, although he did quite well there for a spell, and then it. Didn't go so well. He went to Celtic, did very well, although I always think that maybe even I could go and manage Celtic and win the, the Scottish Premier League. Um, and But I think he's a good manager. He's an experienced manager. And you know I think they're playing better under him than they have done for quite some time, probably since it all went a bit wrong with Ranieri. So it won't be a picnic. And predictably enough, uh, I'm going to say I'll be happy with the point. Yeah, I think last season we did look a bit off the pace. The season before uh, was was one of uh, Lisa Musset's rare goals, I think, as I remember. And we actually, I, I do believe it's going to be a tough game. The way they played against Sheffield United last night, they, they looked really good. Um, there was a cracking half volley goal as well. I don't know if you saw that one as well as Vardy's goal. Mm, yeah, actually that was. I can't. Remember, I can't remember the name of the guy who scored that. You took that really well, didn't you? Hit it perfect, just on the half volley, and slammed it into the net. Yeah, it was a. It was. It was a cracker. I expect it'll be a contender for goal of the month this season. But let's hope they don't have any of that success against us. 
Well, it'll be tough that that comes second behind Harry Wilson, obviously. But uh, that was Harvey Barnes uh, who scored that one. Cracking goal. And I do think they've got a lot of young players. We've got to watch out for Tielemans, the midfielder, who gets forward really well and supports Vardy. Um, But then, you know, their defence without Maguire is not as solid as it was. So I'm not sure we should be afraid. And certainly the way we play today, if we put in a level of performance like that, We've got a great chance. What's going to be interesting is you mentioned Jack Stacey earlier. Do you think Stacey will play and he reverts to a back four with perhaps Adam Smith on the left for a change? Maybe. We'll see what happens with Stacey on Wednesday night. It won't tell us a lot in terms of his uh, his potential to get into the team on Saturday if he plays well against Forest Green. But it will tell us a lot if he plays badly against Forest Green. Um, maybe there's a question over his fitness. I don't know. Uh, he went with the flat back four away at Aston Villa. He has got a bit of a dilemma now that Charlie's obviously going to be out for some time. Um, Lloyd Kelly is not in the picture at the moment. Obviously, he's in the treatment room where, where, where most of our players are. <laughs> and uh, well, Diego, the aforementioned Diego Rico will once again be thinking, this time, surely, he's going to put me in the team at left back and leave Adam Smith where he is. So if he doesn't play Rico this time, then I wouldn't be surprised if Rico's not around come September and goes and plays abroad, maybe on loan or um, on a, a permanent transfer. Although that said, if the you know if he hasn't got any proper left backs, then maybe he won't allow him to go. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more and more uh, sympathetic to the plight of Diego Rico uh, throughout this conversation. Although I'm not, that keen to actually see him in the team. Um, and I can't pass judgment on Jack Stacey. He did okay in pre-season, but you just don't know until you see them in a pro- uh, until you see him play a few games in the first team in the Premier League. But overall, I think he'll you know keep most of the players in the team. I think he'll start Harry Wilson. I mean, he really deserves to start now. I don't know what it will say to him if he doesn't start. Um, I think he will play the flat back four. Uh, whoever the personnel are it remains to be seen. And he'll, he'll stick with, with King and Wilson up front, Callum Wilson. Uh, you mentioned Billing and Lerma earlier. I didn't really say much about them. They played great today, again, against Man City. They were good against Aston Villa. Billing is like a wrecking ball in there. And Lerma is looking more and more composed all the time. He's not only good in the tackle and good in the air, he's also got just that extra half second on the ball that some of our players don't have. And, he, you know, his, his passing's in, in, improving. So we've got a great mid, potentially a great midfield there. And as we said, Lewis Cook could be coming back soon. OK, Michael, it's prediction time. And aside from uh, Diego Rivera making a, an appearance in the transfer window in January... <laughs> What is your prediction for the game against Leicester this weekend? I'm going to optimistically go for a draw, the score of which I'm not sure about, but I'll go for one all. Well, I'm super confident because I think we'll have bags of good feeling after today's performance. I think we're going to sneak it 2-1 away. Okay, thanks, Michael. Really appreciate you coming in to chat today. And remember, if you want to see more build-up to our next couple of matches, be sure to subscribe to the Back of the Net YouTube channel. The link is on our Twitter bio, or just search Back of the Net Bournemouth. Hi, I'm Kelly Summers, and you're listening to Back of the Net.
Ah, the voice of Kelly Summers there, ex-AFC Bournemouth employee and now doing bits for the Premier League, BBC and all sorts and briefly saw her after the game and uh, got to record that soundbite. But yeah, I, I, I thought she might be a little bit on Bournemouth's side, but I, you know, I, I sort of said, you know, Kelly, do you think Bournemouth were hard done by there? No, I think Man City deserved it. Kelly, come on. Where's your loyalty? But oh God, you can tell that she's straight-laced these days working for the Premier League. Anyway, it was nice to see her. And also, of course, we're trying to get as many ex-AFC Bournemouth people, whether it's players, staff or whatever, just to record a little. Hi, my name is... And you're listening to Back of the Net. Now, we may have one coming up in the next few weeks with a name... I would love to know if you can guess the name. We may bleep it out and put it as a do you remember. Um, whether we'll get it or not, I'm not too sure. But if you know anyone, you can get in touch with us. All our details are on our Twitter bio. Now, speaking of Twitter, um, yeah, the regularity of my posts yesterday, actually, I think I've deactivated the account because we did loads of YouTube videos yesterday that we posted on our channel, maybe 10 or 11. And... Um, Obviously, we were updating Twitter each and every time, and I think they think it's some kind of automated nonsense, so much so that they've deactivated the account. So hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, it will be re-approved again. But yeah, we've been really busy on social media this week, and I really want to say thank you so much for all the interaction we've been having. It's been fantastic, and what's also been great is your reviews that you've left us on iTunes as well, because they really help uh, to boost us up the algorithm. So many thank yous for that indeed. And also thank you, of course, for Jeff and Michael for holding the fort. Of course, I was outside the stadium doing YouTube stuff, so it would have been very difficult to do both. But if you want to help out with our podcast then please get in touch you can send us a tweet or send us a message on facebook our facebook page is facebook.com slash afcb podcast and we would really like to hear from you whether it's even contributing for do you remember question or even speaking to us after the match anything you can do really appreciated now i'm sure you're wondering the answer of do you remember and usually myself and sean when we did it last time always managed to forget the answer but don't worry i've got it here so on the 2nd of april 2016 afc bournemouth entertained manchester city it was our first match against them in the premier league at home who was the manager at the time it was a certain manuel pellegrini yeah, that's right, it was him. The scoreline? Ugh, yeah, it was a rout. 4 0 to Manchester City, and a Brucey bonus was the score as well. Now, whether you would have got this, I don't know, but they were. Let's list them Fernando, De Bruyne, Aguero, and Kolarov. Well done to you if you got them. Should be an interesting week with Forest Green and then Leicester City next week. But keep the faith, we had a good performance yesterday. And we'll do it all again next Saturday. Thanks for listening. This has been Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Can Harry Wilson conjure up here? Left footed. Oh, wow! Wow, Harry Wilson! Free kicks don't come much better than that. And the Vitality Stadium. Up in the dying moments of the first half. What a strike for Maloney!
Sports Social Podcast Network.